Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast where I'm Void and I'm alone this week. This is really weird. My whole intro doesn't work. Um, I'm solo this week. BJ is gone. This is the first time in three-ish years, it's been almost three years, which is crazy, that we didn't have enough advanced warning of something going on, so we didn't record early, and I didn't have time to line up a co-host. So this week it's me just talking at you, which feels weird for me. I don't know if it feels weird for you, but I wanted to put something in the feed anyway. Um, next week, we'll be back to normal, so if you want to hear our usual back and forth, I will not be offended. You can come back next week. No harm, no foul, none of that stuff. Um, normally, when we do an episode, our main topic is fairly well outlined with a lot of details, and then our weekly geekery is like very loosely outlined, and that ends up being, you know, my part of it is like a fourth of the show, approximately, depending on the week. I mean, if you guys have been listening, you know that. So this week, that's kind of all I have. I'm just going to run through some geekery, and uh, I expanded it out maybe a little bit more than normal, but it's going to be a short episode. So we're going to embrace it and roll with it and be back with Beige next week. So to kick it off, I have a book that I listened to and I read in one day. Well, I'm not quite done. I'm like 90% of the way there. I'm probably going to finish it right after I finish recording this and editing it. Um, It's called Artemis. It's essentially a sci-fi moon caper it's like a a future ish like maybe 100 years in the future nothing crazy far ahead in the future on the moon and there's a caper i guess is the best way to put it it's not quite an oceans 11 affair but it's one main character that's fairly interesting and it has well it's, it's by the same author that did the martian and it has some of the same kind of like science principles to it where they get into not quite as much math as the Martian, but still kind of getting into the weeds in science in an interesting way. And I like that about it. So at this point, I think I can say that I like Andy Weir as an author, and it's not just the Martian that I liked. So it's kind of cool to have a new author on my radar. But yeah, anyway, I'm enjoying that one a lot. I'll probably report back more in depth next week once I finish that last 10%, and I can give you like a whole overview of it. But Again, the premise, moon caper, sci-fi, near future. If that appeals to you, I can already pretty much recommend it as a read. I also got my first solo victory in Fortnite Battle Royale. It's actually my first victory of any kind in any of the matchmaking modes. So if you guys don't know, there's solo, there's duo, and there's also squad. I think it's squad. If not, it's like multi. It's like four people. And this was the first victory I've gotten across... Any of those, I'm fairly certain I might have gotten a squad victory, but I feel like I would have remembered it more than this. So I I got really excited when I got this solo victory and I texted BJ right away and I, I sent him a screenshot of it with like my victory royale or whatever it said on the screen. It's not the same as PUBG. It's not the winner winner chicken dinner. It's it's something else. But anyway, I sent him it with my, you know, first place finish and I was super excited about it. And he goes, oh, what'd you do to your strategy? What did you change up? Like, what did what made you finally get there? And I said, nothing. I just shot the other guy first because Honestly, like I have a strategy that gets me pretty much into the top 15 every time I can very often get into the top 10. And then from there, it's just a matter of kind of like executing on the last part of it and getting the shooting down. And I have some weapons that I'm getting better and better with. So like the shotgun is kind of my mainstay once you get into really tight quarters, once that storm closes in on your location. And that was, I guess, how I sealed the victory. But really, I used a variety of weapons, and I just did well in the last 10 players. I took out a couple of them, and then I got down to me and one other guy. And I was able to take him out when there was, like, no more room to hide, and we both had to just charge at each other. So I finally got to drop on somebody right at the end, and I've made it to number two on those games quite a few times. I don't even know. I've kind of lost track, but I've never gotten to number one before. So apparently I'm getting better at the game, or I just got lucky and the other person was bad. 
I'm going to say that I'm getting better because that makes me feel better about the game. With that being said, I still need to try the PvE in it. I don't know. I just, every time I get on, I want to play the Battle Royale mode in Fortnite because it's a lot of fun. So yeah, one of these days, one of these days I'll actually play the, I think it's a zombie mode or building mode or something, which I know I've talked a couple times on the podcast, but the building aspect of Fortnite is actually really interesting. And I feel like there's more that I should be doing with the building, like in and out of combat that I'm not fully grokking yet. I don't know. I I think if I keep playing, I'll get there eventually. But this is kind of my evergreen game at the moment. I mean, Monster Hunter is also just because it's taking a lot of time. But I feel like long term, Fortnite, the Battle Royale mode might be one of my like evergreen staples going forward. And that's one of those things that just shakes out over the time. Like, I can't make a decision and say, this is my evergreen game. It's more of, what do I want to keep going back and playing between other games and when I just need a break or when I don't want to think? And Battle Royale in Fortnite is kind of filling that spot for me at the moment, which is, it's just interesting to see where those kind of things land. I was going to try the Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition this week, so I pre-ordered it because it let me pre-order it for free. I think the first chapter is free for everybody on mobile, and I downloaded it, And then I got into the game and it said not compatible with your device, which is weird because normally on iOS, it won't actually let you download things if it's not compatible with your device or if your device is outside the recommended specs. This is the first time on my iPhone 6 where something just like wouldn't work with it. And I think it would like I probably could have made it. And like, I I don't know if I would have had the best experience. So even though I downloaded, even though I was like ready to play and in the mindset and then it told me not to, um, I ended up deleting it from that device, and I think I'm going to just download it on my iPad and try it out there instead. So hopefully I can report that back on that in a week or two. We'll see about that. But yeah, it it was just, it's weird. That's kind of strange that like I could get the game, but it wouldn't let me play it. I've never run into that particular issue before, but they they look chibi. They look Final Fantasy 15-ish. It's definitely a different version of the game, but I do want to get around to checking out at some point. Most of my week was actually spent in Monster Hunter World. So if you follow me on Twitter, you probably noticed that because I'm talking about Monster Hunter World a lot or on Reddit. I think I've mentioned it a few times too. Um, My main thing this last week was that I got to high rank. So it's kind of interesting how low rank and high rank shake out. I mean, low rank is, I don't know, maybe the first 20 or 30 hours of the game. I'm guessing that I've probably put in 30-ish, maybe 40-ish hours at this point. I should probably actually look it up one of these days. But I got beyond low rank. I got into high rank, which I think is like I was right at that changeover point on last week's episode. And high rank is really interesting because it basically like opens all the areas up with a new version of them that have harder monsters, but it's the same monsters you've fought before. So that's what happens first is it opens the same areas in a high rank version against the same monsters but they hit harder and they not they don't necessarily have more health i mean they do but once all things shake out and you get better armor and better weapons they take i guess approximately like the same amount of time to hunt them down um it's more about how hard they hit and sometimes how aggressive they are but then you also start to unlock more monsters that weren't available in low rank so at this point I'm getting, you know, new armor, new weapons from the high rank versions of the monsters I had already fought, but I'm also unlocking these new monsters. So I just unlocked, I think it's the last zone. So there's like four main zones in low rank. And then once you get to a certain spot in high rank, there's a fifth one. I just unlocked that. 
as I understand it, that is the last zone in the game. I don't think there's anything else unless there's DLC coming down the line. That new zone has a bunch of interesting new monsters and I haven't killed them all yet, but I have started playing around with taking them down and they're pretty fun because they're pretty tough. And at this point, I need tough monsters to keep me honest, not honest, but to keep me challenged. And that's what I'm liking about the game. What I really don't like are flying monsters because they're not great to fight with my longsword. I, I really have like the longsword. I've played around a little bit with other weapons, but that's kind of, you know, it's where I've landed. I, I'm definitely a longsword player in Monster Hunter at this point. And maybe when I beat the game and I see the credits roll, I'll decide, okay, time to grab some other weapons and really dig in. But I don't, I don't know. I just, I like the longsword, so I'm sticking to it. Um, I keep getting new longsword versions, and I finally found one that's really cool. Not that the other ones weren't fun, but they were kind of like, okay, this is like a standard longsword, and I'm just taking it down the, not default upgrade path, but almost the most boring one, just because it's like steady, it's stable, it's, I don't know, it, it didn't veer off into any of these like weird paths that have different status effects, but less attack, and then, okay, well, is the status effect that it's going to apply worth the fact that I can attack for less. It's it's that weird middle ground where it's like, I don't know these stats well enough to go off the main path. And I finally did. So I picked up a version of the weapon that looks cooler than what I had before, which is, it, that's a plus. I mean, looking cool Monster Hunter is fun. But the thing that it does is it doesn't actually apply a status. It randomly will proc and it will make them explode. So it's an explosion sword, basically. I'm hitting them, and then every once in a while, just with a normal sword slash, there'll just be a giant explosion that does massive damage. So that has been a ton of fun. I love that weapon. And I'm still learning the intricacies of the weapon, too. Um, I mean... I, I like the random explodey part, but there are other things with the longsword. So there's like a spirit gauge that builds up when you're doing normal attacks to guys. And then you can use your spirit attack to lower that gauge. And if you hit the monster with the final like attack in your spirit gauge combo, then it will go up a level and then you'll do better baseline damage as long as that gauge is up. So I had gotten that part down fairly early. That's a pretty basic mechanic of the longsword. But then there's this risk reward mechanic in it where you can trigger an ability that will sp like it'll instantly spend one entire charge of your spirit gauge. So your spirit gauge can go from nothing up to white, up to yellow, up to red, I think is how it goes. Um, so you can like downgrade one level of that and it it'll take your whole spirit gauge and you can go charging forward and then when you charge forward, if you choose to use triangle to attack, I think that's when it actually uses the whole gauge and you'll go flying way up in the air and you'll come back down. And if you land the hit when you come back down, you'll get an attack that does like six attacks, like almost instantaneously. It's like a rapid fire downward slash attack. It's hard to hit with, but when you hit with it, it looks awesome and it will make it so that your spirit gauge fills back up. So if you can land it, it it's hard, but it does a lot of damage. And then you'll get your spirit gauge back. A lot of the time what happens is you hit them and then you go for the follow-up and then you miss and then you're just out one whole spirit gauge. So again, this is something that's like, it's been there from the beginning, but I'm 30, 40 hours into this game and I'm just now getting around to learning this. Like I can see how much replayability there is in this game if you want it. If you're someone who can truly dive into multiple different weapons and you really want to get your head around the hammer versus the longsword versus the bow and learn all of the little tiny details about each one, this game could last you... I don't even know. This could be like your game. You know how some people have like Call of Duty is their game? 
I guess I now know enough about Monster Hunter to see how Monster Hunter can become somebody's game, and that's kind of the main thing that they play forever. There's just a ton of replayability here. I don't think it's going to be that way for me. Um, That being said, I don't think I'm going to take it off my hard drive. I think it's going to stay there for a long time because it is the most fun that I've had playing multiplayer with people in I don't even know how long. It reminds me of all the best parts of raiding and kind of none of the worst parts. I mean, you only get up to a squad of four people, and that feels just about right to take on some of these monsters. And just, I don't know, just getting on a headset with people and jumping in with friends is always fun. So to find a game you can kind of coalesce around as a group is, it's rare for my group of friends these days. And this one has been really, really fun to play with all of my online friends, so I keep going back to it because everybody else is going back to it night after night. And also, I want to see the credits. I mean, at this point, I'm so far in, I want to see the credits. Um, I'm just unlocking the last Elder Dragons, and I think that will kind of like finish off the game. I- I'm getting the feeling that I'm very close to the credits, even though that doesn't mean that I will be done with the game. It means that I will see the credits roll, which... I think at this point, that's my goal still. Um, they're getting tough. <laughs> Some of them are getting tough. There was this monster called the Pink Rathian. And man, that thing was... that That's the most frustrated that I've been with the game. And there are monsters after it that I had much less hard time than taking that one out. And maybe it's just because it was flying in the matchup against my weapon. It's a ground-based weapon. I don't know. But I, I keep running into some monsters that seem like they should be super tough and I don't have a tough time with them and then other ones that are like lower down but I have a lot more difficulty with yeah yeah we'll see we'll see how these last elder dragons shake out and we'll see if that's actually the end of the game I might be slightly undergeared at this point I actually didn't grind much which is something else I wanted to mention about monster hunter I always thought that monster hunter was like a huge grindy game And when I decided that I was going to try out Monster Hunter World, I really didn't want to grind at all. So I didn't. I basically, I I didn't mainline the story quest, but I close to mainline the story quest. Um, I would kind of go off on side investigations. I did a couple expeditions and just poked around in the world. But all of my other friends were like, oh, I want this piece of gear. And they would go kill the same monster like three, four, five times in a row and just farm them. I did that basically never um i think there was one monster at one point that i i was like short one piece so i went back and i i re-killed them one time um besides that it's been organic it's kind of like oh i want to do an investigation or or, you know i want to just do an expedition and then i run into a monster and i'm like oh i'll take it out because it's fun or you know my friends need a part so i'll jump into whatever quest they're on and kill the monster again but I never felt like I needed to. And, you know, I'm just starting to feel like I might need to do a little bit of grinding before I take on these Elder Dragons. Now that I'm at, like, the... I don't want to say I'm at the high end of high rank, but I'm getting near the end of the story missions in high rank. And I feel like I'm probably slightly undergeared for my armor, and I might want one more weapon upgrade before I take on those Elder Dragons. So we'll see. But again, making it, like, 30 to 40 hours into a game before I feel like I need to do any grinding that's huge that's better than a lot of JRPGs that I love so I can't really complain Um, it does seem much much better than every other monster hunter that I've played so that's pretty cool I guess not to forget either that like once you hit high rank things are harder and that's kind of more fun like I know the monster attack patterns and I just have to be more precise because they can take me out a lot easier than they could before Um, they do a lot more damage and sometimes they're more aggressive and 
having to execute without messing up much at all is a challenge that I like if it's in the right kind of game, and this is the right kind of game now for me. Yeah, I, I'm really liking Monster Hunter. I'm hoping by this time next week I can report back that I've finished the game, like not the whole game, but seeing the credits roll and see what it has to offer after, because I'm starting to eye some other games. Like, I, I'm really liking my time with it, but I don't want to get caught up on one game forever, which it's probably worth mentioning. This slow start to the year has really given me a chance to dig into Fortnite and Monster Hunter World in a way that I don't normally. You know, I'm typically flying through all the newest releases, and this lull has actually been kind of nice for me. It reminds me that I can slow down and not be afraid to go in-depth for a while on one game. You know, depending on how long this lull lasts here, maybe I can get back to Persona 5. It's still on my list. It's still near the top of the list, and I'm going to do it at some point. I'm kind of kind of dragging my feet hoping that atlas will announce persona 5 whatever version for the switch but really i'm just i'm gonna get back to it at some point here soon but yeah i mean the games will come out the spring is right around the corner and we usually start seeing things pick up around march ish that's what happened last year too so just to have january february to like really dig into monster hunter world and fortnite and you know, it's, it's interesting that Monster Hunter World released in January, and I don't think it would have taken kind of the gaming sphere of the world by storm the way it did if it had released at any other time of the year. Like, if you can think about this game coming out last October, it would have been overshadowed by so many things. Like, we had a crazy October, or even November, you know, or December. Everybody's doing holiday stuff. Releasing your game at the right time is probably a topic in itself, but it's worth pointing out that Capcom did a really good job releasing Monster Hunter when they did, because every gaming site that I look at, every YouTube channel, every podcast I listen to is still talking about Monster Hunter, and it's been out for weeks now, and I'm still talking about it. Like, you guys know how often I jump to the next game, and this is the third podcast in a row that I'm talking about Monster Hunter. Like, that's very impressive. I mean, it, it'll probably make my games of the year list just for that reason. And this was a game that I went into not expecting, like, anything from, which is fairly amazing. And I think I think that's probably it for this week. Um, I will have more thoughts on all the normal stuff. And we will have another main topic, normal topic next week. BJ should be back. Like I said, he had something come up last minute. Nothing to worry about, but sometimes life happens. I have to figure out an outro now. And I don't normally do this on my own. Huh. Let's wing this, I suppose. You can write to me. Well, you can write to BJ, too. He'll listen. He'll respond. He watches Twitter. Um, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. Um, we're on Slack, too. If you go to slack.geek2geekcast.com, you can get an invite. And we're part of an awesome podcast network that you guys should listen to all of the other podcasts on because I love them all. Um, I blog at agreenmushroom.com. And you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. If you're looking for Beige, even though he's missing, you can find him on Twitter as at Professor Beige, which is Beige with two E's. Um, I've been Void solo this week, which again is odd for all of us a little bit. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks.
Comics. Hey everyone, Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek, inviting you to join me and my rotating cast of co-hosts each week on The Comic Box, where we tell you everything you need to know to become a world-class comic book geek. So join us for The Comic Box, each week, right here on the geek to geek Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.